the most underrated transfer in Texas A&M's transfer portal class is Cassius Howell. You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on in to Locked on Aggies. I'm your host, Andrew Stefaniak. Thanks for making Locked on Aggies your first listen every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers join today and you'll get $150 in bonus bets. If your first bet of $5 or more wins, visit FanDuel.com slash Locked on to get started. Ladies and gentlemen, we have some fun topics throughout the rest of the week. Lots of important things to discuss. But today, you know, we've talked about the the transfer portal players I'm excited about. You know, I'm I'm high on. Nick Scorton, Des Ricks. We've, We've run through all these names, discussed all of these players. But what we haven't talked about is some guys that I think are a little bit underrated in this class for Texas A&M guys that maybe aren't the top end of, of the, of the transfer portal class, but could see a role and are underrated. And for me, the number one name on that list would be Cassius Howell. I'm going to be honest with you. You can't deny nine and a half sacks. I don't care where you do it. I don't care if it's for the mean machine from the longest yard. Don't care who you do it for. If you get nine and a half sacks, we will take you here at Texas A&M. And that is what Cassius Howell did at Bowling Green a season ago. Six foot four, 235 pounds, 27 total tackles, nine and a half sacks, and a forced fumble. You know, and what stood out to me, a lot, the reason, like, there's two guys on this list. I have four names. Well, I have five. I have four names that are the main names that I'm going to talk about. And two of those names are because I really like the tape. One of those names is because I think that they were kind of used improperly at their previous school and they could, they could, if used right, can be a great player. And then the last guy I have is kind of like because of all the different things they can do. Those are the reasons for these four names I have here. And for Cassius Howell, his reason is the tape. I absolutely love the tape on, on him and when it comes to his sacks. And, and I've talked about it. It's when I watch tape on a player, there's I never like to see a one-dimensional football player. I never want to see somebody, you know, if you're um if you are a corner, you know, I don't want to see a corner who um, you know, they they are great at jumping routes, but then they can't defend everything else, you know, so I mean, like you don't want to see a running back that has speed, but maybe isn't shifty and maybe can't catch pass. You know I mean, I like football players that can do everything that you could possibly need them to do. That is the type of football player I like. And that is the player that Cassius Howell is when it comes to him on the field. I think he is a really, really good Pass rusher. I think he's a natural pass rusher. 
And I think what stands out about his pass rushing ability is the different moves that he has. You know, we we all we've all seen the pass rusher that has the one move. Maybe it's a spin move. Maybe it's the uh, push pull. Maybe it's a bull rush. Maybe it's uh, some kind of other move, right? I think with Cassius Howell, what stood out to me was that he can beat you in so many different ways. I saw him get a sack with multiple different, uh, you know, uh, pass rush moves. And you know, I, I, I always give the comparison when I, when I talk about this to a, a big man down low in basketball. You don't want to have one post move. You don't want your post moves to always be, you know, you, you spin to the right and try and lay it in. You want to have, you want to be able to spin to the left. You want to be able to do a step back little, little tiny uh, uh, fadeaway jumper. You want to be able to, um, you know, spin into a dunk. I mean, there's, you want to be able to do different things down low in the post. And that is what, same thing when we're talking about a pass rusher. So Cassius Howell is the guy who I think um, has all the moves necessary to be a really good pass rusher in the SEC. So, you know, and I think that, listen, he's not, of course, he's not going to be, I don't think he's going to start or anything, but I think that you could see him come off the bench. He's going to play. He's going to sub in, and I think you could see him play. I mean, get four or five sacks for Texas A&M next year. And if you, if I could guarantee you five, if I told you this reserve is going to get five sacks, I think everybody here would take that. And that's kind of I think the spot we're in with Cash Solid. He's going to be a really good player. So he's my number one most underrated player. Number two is the linebacker from Youngstown State, Alex Howard. I think this guy could start with with York. I think he could. Um, the numbers last year, Youngstown State, 67 total tackles, one and a half sacks, one interception, six foot two, 230 pounds, really good height and weight to um, compete in the SEC. He's a guy that I, I think you, him, him and Cassius Howell, you could have a real good debate back and forth on who's the most underrated player, um, underrated uh, portal player. But I like Howard a ton. I do think you see him on the field this year. Um, I, I just think he is really, really talented. And I think um, you're going to see him out there. And he he's the other guy that it's film. Th- th- those are my two film guys, is Howell and Howard. And that's why, because, you know, you watch the film and you go, okay, these guys are SEC football ready. These guys can play ball. It's very, very simple to see. And that's what what they got going for him. So Alex Howard, I would not at all be surprised to see him sneak into a starting role. And I can guarantee you that you will see him out there in some capacity. So I'm excited to see what Howard's role looks like, but I promise you he's going to have one. The next guy I have here, and we've talked a little bit about this, but is EJ Smith, the running back from Stanford. I think EJ Smith is a guy who is, you know, I talked to the um, new host of Locked On College Football, Spencer McLaughlin, who used to host uh, Locked On Pac-12, and he told me that he really likes Smith. He thinks he's a player that was used poorly by Stanford and that in the correct role he can succeed. So, I mean, and I watched the film. I mean, I mean, you know, the film, it wasn't as good as these two guys, but it did, like, you could see the flashes. Of, oh, wow, okay. I get what he's saying. If you use him in this way or this way, I think he could really have a good year and have a good role for this Texas A&M football team. So I like EJ Smith. I, I, 
and this is what um Spencer told me. He told me he said, "Listen, he is not going to get buried in the depth chart." Which I'll tell you, it, that'll be interesting because goodness, Texas A&M has a handful of really, really good running backs that are going to make it hard for anybody. You know, any of these guys. I mean, someone's going to get buried. I think. I, I think you're going to see three guys. And could it be Smith? Could it be someone else? That's. It's going to be really really interesting but i think maybe in the correct role the six foot 210 running back from stanford i uh, had 53 carries for 218 yards and a touchdown last year with 33 receptions for 242 yards so he can catch passes he can run the football he can do it all i think he, you're i i just the, the more i watch the film and talk to people i think you're going to see him on the field in some capacity this season then the last guy I got here is Rodos Johnson, the defensive lineman from Wisconsin, six foot two, two hundred ninety-five pounds. He had eighteen tackles and a half sack last season for the Badgers. The reason I like Johnson as an underrated player in this transfer portal class is because he can play so many different positions across the defensive line. He can do whatever you need him to do, and that is what why I like him. I, I think he's a guy who can really do it all. He can be all over the field. He can um, he can find ways to help you at different positions. And I like that because he adds, you know, depth all over the defensive line. I like, do I think he's a starter? Of course not. But I think he's a guy that if someone were to go down with an injury, can come in and play, and he's played power five football before. So I like Rodas Johnson just in that reason, just for that reasoning. So um, do I think he has this huge, massive role? No, but I think he adds depth all across the defensive line, makes this defensive line room better as a whole, and just flat out helps this football team get a lot better. So those are my four underrated transfer portal class players. As I said, you know, I've talked about Nick Scorton, and we've talked about Des Ricks and all those players. You know how high I am on them. But these guys are underrated and make this football team so much better. And I can't wait to see them next year playing for Texas A&M. Our friends over at FanDuel Sportsbook, who we're getting ready to talk about, set their projected win total line for Texas A&M at 8.5. Let's make the case for the over. and Let's make the case for the over, for, or make the case for the under, and talk about what this means big picture for Mike Elko's tenure. We'll have that conversation coming up right here on Locked on Aggies. But first, I want to tell you about our wonderful friends over at FanDuel. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. As I all as I've been saying, ladies and gentlemen, the NFL is over, which means we are at a at a at an interesting point in, in in sports, the sports world. Of course, you know, Super Bowl's gone, college football's gone. You got NBA, March Madness is coming up, and baseball starts soon. As y'all know, I am a huge baseball guy, love baseball, so I, I can't wait for that. Uh, pitchers and catchers, I believe, for some play. Um, some I know that they reported today for some um, teams in sp for spring training, so that's fair. I mean, it's almost here. The wait is almost over, and I can't. I'm like, I'm like, I can't wait. So you can bet on all of your favorite NBA players and teams 
with quick bets, live same game parlays, exclusive props, and a ton more. Just visit fanduel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. So let's get into this win total. This was an interesting one. I'm not going to lie to you. If you would have asked me and you said, Andrew, what do you think Texas A&M's win total is going to be listed at? I would have told you seven and a half. Now, reason I would have told you that is because I think, and I would have hammered that over, you know, eight and a half makes it very, very, very hard to bet on this line for those who are interested in that. Eight and a half wins, you know. Well, first of all, this shows a ton of respect to Coach Elko and what he's done. Now, I do think that we've talked about how how manageable and, I mean, you go borderline easy this schedule is easy is a very, you know, interesting choice of words. Of course, this is an SEC schedule we're talking about, but I do think comparative to some other programs, this is a very easy schedule. Um, So I think that this shows respect to coach Elko. I do. I think that they think he's done a good job in the portal. I think they believe in, in his quarterbacks and his coaching staff hires. I think they believe in everything he's doing. Otherwise, if they didn't, I mean, here's the deal. Let's look before we just, let's read through the other SEC teams in their win totals. Okay. Texas, 10 and a half, Georgia, 10 and a half, Ole Miss, nine and a half, LSU, nine and a half, Missouri, nine and a half, Alabama, nine and a half, Tennessee, eight and a half, Texas A&M, eight and a half, Auburn, seven and a half, Oklahoma, seven and a half, Kentucky, six and a half, Florida, five and a half, Arkansas, five and a half, South Carolina, five and a half, Mississippi State, four and a half, Vandy, two and a half. I feel bad for Vandy. But, I mean, first of all, Florida, five and a half. I will take the under on that. Thank you very much. But, you know, I think that – I just think this this shows so much respect to Coach Elko and what he's done and the manageable schedule, as I said. But, you know, I mean, listen, he, he, two, year two of Hugh Freeze at Auburn and their win total seven and a half. Now, Auburn's schedule is much more difficult than Texas a But that's the one that stood out to me. I mean, you would think that a first-year coach – they would have the win total a little bit lower, even if they thought the schedule was easy. So I think that this is a healthy mix of looking at Texas A&M's schedule and, you know, respect for Coach Alco and what he's done. But, I mean, let's talk about, you know, so that that's my two thoughts there is I think this is this shows respect to Coach Alco, and I think it shows, hey, this schedule, you know, is really manageable for this football team. So now let's talk about the route to hit me over and the route to hit the under. So I think that, so, you know, we've talked about, talked about the games that are, are chopping down as, as wins, in my opinion. And that would be McNeese, Florida. And and we'll do, you all remember last year, I had my list of like guaranteed wins, toss ups, you know, games that you don't feel good about. I'm going to make that. I'll make that because I I referenced that a ton. I'm going to do that later today, actually. But um, so, Easy wins. We're gonna we'll go ahead and go. McNeese, Bowling Green, Arkansas, at Mississippi State, at South Carolina, New Mexico State. In my opinion, those are easy, easy football games to win. So that is six right there. I don't think you have any issue winning those football games. Then you bring in at Auburn, at Florida, 
and that those are the two games that I think you should win. I think you should win those games, but they're tough environments to play in. You know, I do think Texas A&M will be the better football team, in, in all honesty, than those two teams. But you have to go there and play on the road in the SEC, whether it's baseball, football, basketball, or a 50-yard dash in the front yard is harder on the road. You know, that's just reality. So that's those two games. And then you've got Texas, LSU, Missouri, and Notre Dame at home. So those are, are those four games. So, so here's the route to the over. The route to the over is winning Auburn and Florida on the road, winning the six games that you're supposed to win, like I said, in the not in, in the easy non-conference games, Arkansas, Mississippi State, South Carolina, those games. That's you got to take care of business there. In all honesty, even in the under, I think you need to take care. Even if you hit the under, you got to take care of business there. But um, if you're going, you need to win those six games. So the route to the under, you got to win those six games and you got to beat Auburn and Florida. So that puts you at eight wins right there. You're at your eight. Now here's your point five. You've got four football games, all of which are going to be played at Kyle Field. All of them, all four of them Texas, LSU, Missouri, Notre Dame. You go one and four in those football games. One and, or I'm sorry, one and three in those football games. You hit your over nine and three bam right there you win one of those football games you are nine and three so you know now i'll tell you i think texas a&m is going to hang in every one of those football games i don't do i think they're gonna win all four of those games i obviously do not think that but i will tell you this i do think that these three games, the, te- the I mean, four games: Texas, LSU, Missouri, and Notre Dame. I don't think, I don't think Texas A&M loses one of those games by double digits. I don't. I think they're in every one of those games, and I do, I do think they'll, they'll sneak one of them. I think you know. So that's kind of, I you know what's funny, and the 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 route to the under, which we're going to talk about next. I, I I think that I still think Texas A&M wins one of those four games in the route to the under. So. That is the route to the over. You you take care of business in the six easy games at Auburn, at Florida, to get to eight wins, and then you win one you're not supposed to probably with Notre Dame, Missouri, LSU, and Texas. That is the route to hitting the over on that eight-and-a-half um, number from our friends at FanDuel. The route to the under, to me, in all honesty, I think you still win those six games I talked about. I still think you win. You go one and three in those tough games, but I think you lose either at Florida or at Auburn. Those are just listen. I mean, when I talk about Florida, I'm not saying I think Florida is going to be the worst football team in the history of the world. That's not their problem. Their problem is their schedule. Their non-conference games are insane. Their SEC schedule is insane. They have one guaranteed win on their schedule, and so like that's why I think that five and a half is a crazy high number for them. Um, on their over under for wins, so I think that's the that's the way. Because I mean, here's the Auburn's going to want that game bad. You know, Auburn's going to need that game bad. I think Florida's going to want that game bad because here's the deal. I, I think it's the one, in all honesty, like super winnable game for them on their SEC schedule. Both Auburn and Florida are going to want that game and need that game against you at their place. You know the fans are going to be rowdy. Especially if Florida, 
For Florida, it's tough because it's, you know, we're talking that's September 14th. That's the beginning of the year. People are rocking and rolling. That's going to be a tough, tough game. I think that the tone will be set for Texas A&M's season by what happens on that September 14th day. Does Texas A&M get a win? Down there in the swamp is going to, to decide everything, in all honesty, for this season. But to me, that's the route to the over and the route to the under. I think it's – I think that – I feel good about Texas A&M going one and three in those four tough games at Kyle Field. Can they go two and zero oh at Auburn at Florida? To me, that will be the difference. If they go two and zero oh in those games, I think that they will hit the over on this eight and a half win line. We're going to preview this Vandy game. Talk about where Texas A&M is in the Ken Palm rankings and the net rankings, and have all of those discussions coming up right here. On Locked On Aggies. But first, I want to tell you about our wonderful friends over at eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. So let's preview this Texas A&M Vandy game. Talked about it a little bit yesterday when breaking down the game. Um, Texas A&M's huge win over Tennessee. But, of course, I want to just flat out break down this um, game against Vandy. So the first thing that needs to be discussed is, is this is a very, very, very bad Vandy team. They are 6-17 and 17 on the season. They are 1-9 and nine in SEC play. On the season, they are averaging 66 points per game, 34.9 rebounds, 9.6 assists. Wow. Um, six steals, three blocks, 10 turnovers. They're shooting 39.4% from the field and a whopping 28.4% from beyond the three-point line. Yeah, that is really, really bad. I don't know how else to to break that down in, in a positive way. That is really bad. So uh, before, before we get more into Vandy, I want to run through um, Texas A&M's numbers. So Texas A&M is currently 37th in the net rankings. They're 5-4 and four in quad one games, which is a big deal. Big deal. Texas you know, I mean, if you're over 500 in quad one games and you've played, you know, nine thus far, I'm sure I'll, I'll have to double-check that. We'll double-check that before – um, the upcoming game on Saturday and break break all that down. But I mean, that is, you know, that's 
that's pretty good. You know, that's going to help when it comes to, to seeding and seed lines and all that. The, the committee loves a good record in quad one games. Texas A&M is 39th in Ken Palm. They're 40th in adjusted offense and 42nd in adjusted defense. So the metrics don't have a problem with Texas A&M, which is a good thing. Um, and the spread for this Vandy game is nine and a half points in favor of Texas A&M. When you go on the road in the SEC and, and you're a nine and a half point favorite and you're not like, you know, the number one team, it's, it's pretty crazy. That's how bad Vandy is. So, I mean, you know, we've talked about the numbers for Vandy. They are very, very bad. What you, what you have to do is just go and take care of business. You know, in Nashville, it's it's a game on the road. The only thing that I can really, you know, it's a weird, weird arena, weird atmosphere. There's not really many people in. You know what I mean? It's a weird place to play. The benches are underneath the 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 baskets, which is just it's just a weird, weird place. Go and play your game. Get your offensive rebounds. Get your second chance opportunities. Clean up the glass. Um, you know, slow down the game. Boots, good, good need a good game from Boots and from, from Wade. You got to get to the rim, score easy baskets, easy looks. Don't rely on threes in this game because, listen, you don't need them. Just score the easy baskets. Any points in this game are going to lead to a win. And make your free throws. If you get to the free throw line, let's sink them in this game. Um, but, I mean, that's a score down low. I think that's really the reality here. Keep doing what you're doing. Get second-chance opportunities. Um, and just make another statement, blow this team out. Don't make this a game where you go on the road and win by four points in, in a, in a scary game, go beat this team by 18, 20, 25 points. That's how bad they are. I mean, they're losing by that many points at home. So, um, you know, go, go, go beat the crap out of this team. You need this one. I mean, you know, Texas A&M still, you have a trip to Alabama coming up on Saturday, host Arkansas trip to Knoxville, host South Carolina, a trip to, to Athens, host Mississippi State, trip to Oxford. I mean, this is not an easy schedule remaining for Texas A&M. So this is one of your free wins, and you have got to collect it, um, you know, to get to to get to seven wins. I mean, here's the deal. If you can get 10 SEC wins, if you can go 10 and 8, I think – I mean, I, I think that 9 and 9, you'll sneak into the tournament, I think – but if you can go, if you can get to 10 wins, I think you're in business, which makes this game so important. Um, I think you can win at, so that means, you know, if you get this one, you need three more wins. I think you can beat Mississippi State at home. I think you can beat Georgia on the road. I think you can beat Mississippi State on the road, in all honesty. I think you can beat Arkansas at home. I think you can beat South Carolina at home. I'm not quite sold on South Carolina yet. If they beat Auburn this week, I'll be more sold on them. Um, but I mean, you've got more winnable games. So if you can get to 10 wins, you're in a good spot, a good, good spot. So um, it starts with, with this. You gotta, you gotta beat Van to get to seven. I think then you gotta beat Arkansas to get to eight. I think that um, you then need to beat. You need to go two and three, and and then in the last three games at Georgia, Mississippi State at home, at Ole Miss to get your ten wins. 
but you could get 11. I'm really there's you could um, so there there are still wins on the table for this team that is playing really good basketball right now. Um, so we'll break down whatever happens in this game throughout the week, and we will also preview the Alabama game later in the week. But that is going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Aggies. Thank you so much for tuning in, being here every single day. Really, really do appreciate it. Hope everybody has a great rest of your day today. We have a lot of fun stuff to talk about throughout the week, and we'll talk about the swing games on the schedule. We're going to talk about um, baseball. There's a lot of fun stuff to break down this week, so stick around for all of that. Everybody have a great rest of your day today, and we will see you tomorrow.